Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody. Appreciate you guys listening on this Thursday or Friday, whenever you're catching the podcast, ahead of SMU Houston on Saturday at 6 o'clock on ESPN2. We're going to quickly kind of go over the SMU two-lane game where SMU pulled away from the green green wave and really uh, dominated that game, quite honestly, start to finish, in my opinion. Kind of share some takeaways on that. Uh, Also, Sonny Dykes rumored uh, to be on the list for the newly opened Texas Tech head coaching job. He sounded off on that on Tuesday and honestly didn't say too much, but we'll touch on that with some thoughts on uh, his candidacy uh, and potential candidacy for that job, which he has obvious ties to. Tanner Mordecai led SMU to that 55-26 win over Tulane in that Thursday night game. Uh, where he threw for 427 yards, three touchdowns, and also had a sweet uh, score on the ground on that uh, fake toss uh, where he went into the end zone untouched. Trey Siggers added two rushing touchdowns, and Danny Gray uh, had 140 yards receiving. Delano Robinson, team high eight tackles. Isaac Slade Matutia had his second interception of the season and of his career. And for Tanner Mordecai's efforts, he was named the AAC Offensive Player of the Week and also joined the Davey O'Brien quarterback class of 2021 while Danny Gray was added to the Blitnikoff Award watch list. So now SMU 7-0 to open the season for the second time in three seasons, Uh, and the Mustangs continue to climb the polls up two spots to number 19 in the AP, climbing three spots in the coaches' poll to number 16. And now, really, this is where the stretch run begins. And it lined up perfectly for SMU. They had the Thursday night game. They got a couple days off or a couple days extra to prepare for Houston because it was a Thursday night game. And so now this is that five-game run to the end of the season where this is going to make or break, obviously, what the 2021 team is remembered as. And watching them against Tulane, they looked fast. They looked confident. Uh, Like I said, dominated in every aspect. And this was a game that over the last few years has been a close ball game. I mean, last year in New Orleans, it went to overtime, of course. They've had their fair share of close calls with the Green Wave. And that was just dominant. And they really put the game away. Preston Stone got action, uh, completed his first pass uh, as a Mustang, and uh, led a touchdown drive that was capped by Brandon Epton. And just overall, that was exactly what you wanted SMU to do uh, to Tulane coming off the bye. They showed very little rust 
uh, and really cruised uh, throughout the whole ball game. So I'm not going to spend too much more time on that. It was clear the talent difference, the depth difference, uh, and just the way SMU was ready. They took care of business against Tulane. And then over the weekend, Texas Tech makes the decision to move on from Matt Wells. And right away, Sonny Dykes and former SMU assistant Jeff Trailer were the two names that you saw pop right to the top of the coaching rumors and coaching carousel talk. And for Jeff Trailer, he's another Texas guy, certainly would be a good fit out there in Lubbock, just like Sonny Dykes would, quite honestly. And both make sense. And here's what I think right now. I, I think we've talked about this in the past where SMU needs to work on an extension for Sonny Dykes, try and get that done. And I still think they're working towards that. And they're working towards taking care of him and his staff and making sure everything's in place so that he can, you know, continue to lead this program and, and go from there. And I think it's going to be an ongoing process. I don't know if there's going to be something that comes during the season, but it's certainly something SMU is working towards. And over these next five games, you know, if Sonny Dykes doesn't sign an extension, his leverage is either going to go up, it's going to go down I, I, the, in terms of the overall money that he's going to command. And I'm interested to see how his team is going to handle it, uh, how SMU is going to handle it. But right now, I think looking at this Texas Tech job for Sonny Dykes, and we've seen a lot of national reporters kind of comment on this, is if you're Sonny Dykes, why leave for Texas Tech? There are ties there. You know, his, his late father, Spike Dykes a coaching legend out there at Texas Tech. Sonny Dyke spent time as offense coordinator out there, went to school there, and all of that makes sense. But with where the Texas Tech program is right now and where he has SMU, is this the job that if he left SMU, would it be the best job for him to jump at? And at the end of the year, depending on how things go over these next five games, he could have other opportunities uh, that could uh, come up and he could consider as well. And I'm not discounting that. But when I look at this and, and trying to follow a coaching carousel isn't always the easiest thing to do by any means. And everybody knows that listening to this podcast. But I just get the feeling, and when Sonny Dykes was asked about it on, on Tuesday, he basically said, I'm not going to talk about any jobs during the season, everybody here is focused on Houston, and uh, that was pretty much how he how he left it. And I and I think one for those worried about you know is this going to be a distraction going into you know the latest quote unquote biggest game of the year for SMU, which it is. I just don't think this team has shown that it lets outside influences get involved with how they play on the field. You know, whether that's Louisiana Tech being a tough game with TCU up next or coming off the TCU win uh, playing USF or uh, looking ahead to Houston when they played Tulane or coming off the bye week and, you know, potentially showing some rust against Tulane. They just haven't had too much uh, outside noise that they've let in uh, to this program and allowed it to impact their play. And I think that's going to be the same this year against Houston, regardless of what's being said about Sonny Dykes and, and his job status. So I would peg it right now, if you're asking me if he is going to 
leave for Texas Tech? I would say no. One, I, I do think Jeff Trailer is the number one choice uh, for that program. Just kind of reading the tea leaves of how it's being reported, the buzz out there, and all of those things. And I think that's a credit to how Sonny and his team is handling this because I'm sure there were feelers sent out to his side of things from Texas Tech. And so that's that's there. That's worth noting. But I, I just feel like there, it's so quiet ever since the initial list came out. And, and like I said, sometimes this is how coaching carousels work, that it just doesn't seem like this is something that I think his side's going to really entertain right now. Even if he was at the top of the list, I think there needs to be dis- there would need to be discussions and things like that as Texas Tech would try to make its choice. And so as I sit here right now, I do think that Sonny Dyke stays at SMU if Texas Tech is the only job that comes up that he would be in play for. And it, it just makes sense that, one, I do think SMU is going to take care of Sonny Dykes and what he wants and what his staff needs and, and make that happen however that happens. And they do have some time to do it, and they are actively working on it, which I think is important to note. And so as Texas Tech goes through its search, if that's happening for Sonny Dykes and SMU, that's a good sign. That's what you want. And so as it stands right now, I, and obviously this can all change, but I'm, I'm, in my opinion, telling you guys listening that the Sonny Dykes, Texas Tech stuff, I think it's worth pumping the brakes on. I think he's got something going here at SMU that is really, really special to him. It's special to his family. They've got a great situation. And I know we've noted in the past, and Sonny has even talked about it when discussing just jobs in general, that it's all about you know fit with not only just the program and, oh, he's a, te- he's a Texas Tech alum, he's uh, got ties out there, it, it, it makes sense, but is it set up for success for him to win I'm not so sure Texas Tech is. And I think, quite honestly, Jeff Trailer is considering the same thing. You know, it's, it's a program that ever since Mike Leach left has not been at the top of college football by any means. And outside of Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury angling it to get the Arizona Char- Cardinals job, it's not a job that has produced much positive for coaches that have been there. And so I, I think right now pumping the brakes is probably the the – the way to approach it just because I don't think there's anything that's that's changing with Sonny Dykes and SMU right now. I don't think he's on the move. I don't think he's entertaining Texas Tech. I mean, that's why you have an agent, though. Um, it's his agent's job to have options, and that includes an extension with SMU. And it's SMU's job to make sure that he feels well taken care of and the future here will remain bright, which I think it is. That's a credit to uh, the, the booster support led by Bill Armstrong that that is working towards this extension with with SMU and putting it all together. So that's just kind of my general take right now on SMU, Sunny Dykes, Texas Tech, that whole thing. And now it's quite honestly on to Houston for SMU. This is a program that is playing really, really well defensively uh, under their new defensive coordinator. Coach Belk has done a ridiculous job turning Houston into one of the best defenses in college football. They lead the nation in third down conversion defense, just 
56.6% conversions on third down by opposing offenses. They're second in the nation in team sacks, third in first down defense. Uh, in, yeah, first down defense, fourth in total defense nationally, ninth in defensive touchdowns, ninth in fumbles recoveries, 11th in tackles for loss, and 12th in passing yards allowed. This is a defense that has a really good front that SMU's offensive line is going to have to deal with. They've got Branson Hickman starting at center. Alana Lee has played all over. We'll see if Marcus Bryant is back. I'm not getting my hopes up uh, that he's going to play, but we'll just have to watch that. That'll be a storyline. Bo Morris looks like he's going to be available to return. Does that change the starting offensive line? I'm not so sure about that. They've played pretty well, I would say, without Marcus Bryant and with the other shuffling on the offensive line just overall. And so I think they stick with that group. If Marcus Bryant is available, obviously that is a big deal for SMU. Gives them another offensive lineman to to roll out there. He could start, uh, and they'd be comfortable with that. Everybody knows that. Uh, That's a big, big matchup to watch. This defensive line of Houston versus SMU's offensive line is probably going to be what determines this game, along with special teams. Marcus Jones is the only player in FBS with a punt return and a kick return for a touchdown. He's got three special teams touchdowns already this season, and SMU's going to have to continue to play well on special teams and kick coverage, punt coverage, all those things. Uh, If SMU allows Marcus Jones to get into the open field, he can make plays just like Brian Massey has for SMU. He had that kick return for a touchdown against Navy. He had a couple really, really good kick returns for touchdowns again, or uh, not for touchdowns, but kick returns against Tulane. And one, he's also a Houston native. He's going to want to be showing out uh, in his hometown uh, where he played his high school football at, Katy, uh, just uh, a little bit away from Houston. So that's something to watch. Jordan Curley, will he be back in the fold for SMU? Jaylene Record has been catching punts for SMU uh, since he got hurt uh, against Navy when he caught that game-winning touchdown pass. That'll be something to watch as well. And then, you know, SMU's offense. This this passing attack has been really, really strong, obviously. Will they be able to find passing lanes and passing yardage and be able to move the football against a really, really good secondary for Houston? That'll be something to watch. Can they play turnover-free? Because Houston has obviously capitalized on some turnovers. They've, uh, they're very active getting the ball out from ball carriers. You know, like I mentioned, ninth and fumble recoveries, um, and they like to score defensively as well. So just like any road game for SMU, and and Sonny Dykes mentioned this, you know, after Louisiana Tech, you know, playing turnover free was key. And then they go to Navy, and they had a couple key turnovers that made that game a lot closer than it really was. So playing clean, protecting Tanner Mordecai, owning the line of scrimmage is going to be the key to this ball game. And then when you look at it for SMU defensively, uh, they've got to hold Clayton Toon in in check. Uh, Houston running back Alton McCaskill is second nationally among true freshmen in total touchdowns with 10. Uh, He's got nine nine rushing touchdowns on the season, and he's been making plays uh, just all over. Uh, And, you know, Houston is one of those teams that has played really well in October, uh, just over the last decade and a half. And, And they know how to win. And I know last time that SMU played Houston, it was down in Houston. Um, and, the, and the Mustangs really uh, were able to find a way to win. And uh, that's something that 
you know, Houston's going to have in the back of its mind. You know, Shane Bouchelle, uh, they held off that late Houston push to win 34-31 back in 2019. They didn't play in 2020. Um, and this is the start of what SMU's been building towards all season, playing well in these final five games, you know, call it, you know, October 30th, and then the rest of the November games, they've been working towards this, whether it be strength and conditioning, whether it be talking about it, focusing on it. They still have to play each game, obviously, one at a time uh, and have that mentality. This isn't a team that's going to look ahead with any of these games that are up on its schedule. Um, and that's got to still be important, you know, uh, not to be cliche, but they've got to block out all those, all, all that outside noise, which they've done all season fairly well, uh, and, and go down to Houston and, and get a win. It, that that's ultimately what it's all about. And it doesn't really matter how it looks, you know, SMU going down there as underdogs, I believe it's a point or a half point, basically a pick them, uh, that SMU is, is, uh, you know, uh, going against as far as, uh, facing Houston and, um, you know, starting fast is key. You know, SMU's led or tied after the first quarter in 23 of the last 29 games. Uh, getting out to a fast start will be important. Offensively, looking sharp. Um, they've been able to really um, you know, start fast, whether it looks pretty or not. They've been able to get a lead, and that's key. And that's key on the road. You know, Houston's going to want um, to make some big plays early and, and try to turn the tide early on in this ballgame. So as far as a prediction goes, I mean, I, I think SMU is going to go down there and win. I, I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring than we've seen in the past. I think you're looking at something like a 31-27 type game uh, that SMU comes away with. Uh, Houston really obviously not playing SMU in 2020 and having lost in 2019 at home wants this one bad. And I mean, this is a game that both teams have to balance that want to versus uh, that uh, make versus making the plays that you need to to win and that's where SMU hasn't done it down the stretch in these seasons and Dana Holgerson has pushed the right buttons to have his team in the right spot since that Texas Tech loss to open the season uh, this is a game that the winner is going to have a huge leg up on in terms of getting to the AAC championship game especially with as the league stands right now. Um, Cincinnati, obviously everything goes through them and SMU is going to face them, uh, later this season. But, uh, right now, when you look at the AAC standings and it's Houston, Cincinnati, SMU, all sitting there undefeated in league play, this is almost a play in game for SMU because they're going to have to, uh, win this game. And, and this is where, you know, I think Sonny Dykes kind of put it best this week, every, one game to finish out this season is all about staying alive in the conference championship race. When you look ahead to Houston's schedule, they don't play Cincinnati. They've got South Florida, Temple, and Memphis in league play, and then they finish off with a non-conference game against good old Connecticut. So if you're SMU, this is a game you've got to have because if you look at Houston's schedule, they're poised to win out. You know, SMU has the tough the tough games coming up. They've got Cincinnati. They've got Memphis. They've got UCF. You know, they, they've got uh, Temp, uh, Tulsa. And 
that's not an easy stretch. And SMU can win them all. They could drop one to Cincinnati. They can go 500 or three and two or, you know, whatever. And that this is where the, the season can turn and be that special season that everyone at SMU has been talking about and building towards. Or it can be that just kind of ho-hum end of the season. And whether it ends up being 10 wins or not, winning this one is the first step to having the season that they want to have. Everything else is in the past. They've gotten past all these games. They, they beat TCU, doesn't matter, in the conference race, in the big grand scheme of things. They're continuing to build that momentum, rise up the polls. But if you lose this one, now you're outside looking in in the conference championship game race anyway. And that's what makes this game so important for SMU. I think they're going to get it done 31-27. I think the key is going to be SMU taking care of the football, not making, uh, not you know, uh, committing any turnovers. Uh, that's going to be important, and and finding a way to get stops late, um, or you know, extinguish the clock to come out of Houston with a win and move on. It's on ESPN two, another nationally televised game, six o'clock on Saturday. We'll have all your coverage on PonyStampede.com of the game and post game reaction, no matter how it goes. But I've got SMU winning thirty one twenty seven. And with that, we're going to wrap up this edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Be sure to be checking on PonyStampede.com. We'll have some recruiting notes on Friday. Sonny Dykes and the staff are going to hit the Houston area the night of the game. Get out, see some recruits, see some prospects, and do some evaluating. As uh, SMU did have those extra days to prepare for Houston, they kind of took a different approach. They actually had off Wednesday uh, and didn't practice. They practiced Monday, practiced Tuesday and uh, go through their uh, normal Thursday-Friday prep for Houston, and uh, we'll see how they come out. It's a tough test for SMU, but again, I think they get it done 31-27. So keep it locked on PonyStampede.com for all the latest on SMU, and we'll catch you next time on the Pony Stampede podcast. Thanks for listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.